Our scripture reading today is 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 6 to 13. And our sermon title is Longing Partnerships. This is the word of God. But now that Timothy has come to us from you and has brought us the good news of your faith and love and reported that you always remember us kindly and long to see us as we long to see you. For this reason, brothers, in all our distress and affliction, we have been comforted about you through your faith. For now we live if you are standing fast in the Lord. For what thanksgiving can we return to God for you, for all the joy that we feel for your sake before our God, as we pray most earnestly night and day that we may see you face to face and supply what is lacking in your faith. Now may our God and Father himself and our Lord Jesus direct our way to you. And may the Lord make you increase and abound in love for one another and for all as we do for you. So that he may establish your hearts blameless in holiness before our God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus with all his saints. May the Lord bless us in the reading of his holy word. How good it is to have the full band, right? <laughs> to be able to sing praises to God and hear the fullness of all the different voices. Can you imagine what heaven is going to be like? To be able to sing praise before the Lord in all its fullness to have our hearts filled with not only the truths of the gospel, but to have our hearts reflect that with true, raw, unadulterated emotion for our God. One of the most beautiful things about the Christian religion, our faith, is our theology of music. Christianity is, is, I would dare say, probably the only religion that encourages people to make music, to make song. Other religions will have you chant. Other religions will have you drone out the world through one or two notes here and there. But Christianity implores people to sing, to sing about your sorrows, but more importantly, sing about God's love and provision. To sing about the new heavens and the new earth that will eventually come. So we practice this every day, or every Sunday at the very least. To sing to him. For our hearts to long for that day when we can sing in perfection. And so, encourage the praise team and say thank you for leading us. If you would like to join in praise, uh, please do come and, and uh, stand up here with us and sing with us. Just uh, go to, uh, to Andy and ask him, and we can enjoy the gifts 
that the Lord has given here. I do believe that the church of Thessalonia is a church that Paul loved very dearly. Paul spends about the first three chapters of his letter talking to the church there and telling them how much he loves them. Himself, Silas, and Timothy. In fact, Paul was so worried that he sent Timothy back to the church to see if everything was okay. For his biggest fear would be that the gospel that he preached would, well, have come to naught. That that sea would have been like the sea that was planted on hard soil and didn't take root. Or perhaps that sea that was planted in the thorny soil and when suffering and affliction came, that it withered and died. Paul was concerned about the faith of the people who were there. So he sent Timothy to encourage them, to bring word back to him about how that church was doing. Paul loved this church. Paul had these people in his heart. Paul's understanding of his role the role of this church informed his emotions night and day. And this is important for us to understand about the church itself and about ourselves. Because Paul is here modeling, as we saw in 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, he is modeling for us what we need to imitate in terms of our own hearts and our own emotions towards the church and towards one another. Now, many of you here, when I look out in this vast majority of people, you guys are all very young. And you probably still remember growing up in your household. And you remember what is important to your parents. You probably still remember that. Some of you guys probably still have issues because of that. Perhaps it was education. For me, in my household, it was education. And you can tell sort of the mood of the family by the sort of grades that you would bring home. You could see the pride light up in your parents' eyes when you did something well. But then you'd also see the disappointment when, well, things didn't work out the way it should be. I still remember growing up in a Korean church when I would come visit from college. The elders and the pastor would come and say hello to me. And they would always ask me the same questions. Have you chosen a major yet? What are you going to major in? And they would ask me, how are your grades? Did you do well this past semester? And lastly, they would add, can you tutor my son or my daughter over this break period? 
And I remember in the beginning how much sort of that filled my heart. Not in a good way. But as long as I was doing what pleased my parents or pleased my community, as long as I was fulfilling those expectations, I felt good about myself. We see this down south here all the time with sports, especially with, with football. You will meet many people who were high school football stars, but because of injury or because of that one bad play in that one game, all of a sudden people look at them differently. I remember the, the day when myself, when academically things were sort of going awry by the Lord's will. And you started to realize that my academics, my, my sports prowess, or lack thereof, or whatever it may be, was no longer my identity, but it was Christ. And Christ alone. And the longing in my heart changed. And just like I believe this atmosphere between Paul and the church in Thessalonia changed as well. No longer was the people, these people looking for recognition because they had the ability to talk about different philosophies. No longer were they looking for recognition for being this wonderful port city that brought all the wealth to southern Macedonia. No longer were they simply proud because of the multi-ethnicity of the city around them because they were in the economic center of that area. Something changed when the Holy Spirit came. a longing for a partnership that was centered and based upon their love for Jesus and Jesus' love for them. So I remember, this is my own personal story, probably junior year in college, this is a long time ago, going back to church. And then the elders and the pastors would come to me as I came back from church, as I came back from school. First thing they asked me, um, are you helping with the, 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 the youth retreat? Oh, yes, of course I'm helping with the youth retreat. Then they would ask me, how's the major going? How's school going? Can you tutor my kids? And something in me for the first time sort of died. Because I was longing for something different then. I wanted them to ask me, how is your fight with the Lord going? What has God taught you in Scripture over this past semester? 
How's your prayer life? Are you trusting the Lord more? What are some obstacles you are facing to follow the Lord? Those were the questions that I longed for. And those were the questions that Paul longed to have the answers to in this church that he loved dearly. For us here at CCPC, we need to see and understand that the gospel has come to this church by his grace and by his mercy. That the gospel is transforming all of you from your old self to your new self. In fact, the seeds of the perfected self, the glorified self, that we talked about that will be singing praises to God in heaven. That that seed is already in you and you are being transformed into that person. Praise be to God. And as we see the transformation of this church, of each individual coming to grasp with their own faith. And as we see this church coming to grasp with the knowledge that they need one another, you need one another to ask those questions. Perhaps you're one of those people Someone, please, someone from CCPC, ask me how my faith is. Someone, please, ask me what I read from the Bible. Someone, please, ask me for prayer. I need prayer, and I want to pray for someone. Someone please ask me to walk step by step with the Lord. This gospel has come to us. Two points. Number one. Know that the, let me back up, point one. The gospel has transformed this church, point one. The gospel has transformed this church. This is the only place where we can talk about faith freely. There's nowhere else. This is the only place where we can ask one another about the gospel. 
And this is the only place that we can grow together. So I charge you. Don't listen to your old self. Look forward to what you're going to be become in heaven. That's you. That's you. Not what's behind you. Have a vision for who you're going to be in heaven with the Lord. Have a vision of what that perfected worship of Him and that perfected relationship with one another is going to look like. That's you. In this church together, our goal needs to be to help one another reach that place as a corporate body together. The old questions you used to ask one another, save that for later. Don't waste your time if you don't need to. Listen, I like to talk about sports. I like to talk about food. I like to talk about travel. We all like to talk about these wonderful things that God has given us. And praise be to the Lord, we should talk about all those things. But where else can you talk about your walk with the Lord here? And so I charge you and I beg of you, let the Holy Spirit work. Go forward, not backwards. Point number two. When we walk with the Lord in this manner, all of our problems and issues will be put into an eternal perspective. I know that's a long, long-winded way of saying something very simple. All your issues and problems will be put in the eternal perspective. Look at Paul and Timothy and Silas's joy. There are problems in this church. We'll get to those later. There, there are questions that people are, are wondering about. We'll get to that later. But do you hear the joy in Paul's letter? <sighs> Their faith is still alive. People are hearing that this church loves Jesus. Their reputation has gone through Achaia and all of Macedonia and to all the known world about their faith in the Lord. They're suffering and suffering well for the gospel of Christ. And together, because of it, you can see the, 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 the peace and the purpose that this church has. Paul is not saying that all your problems and issues will go away. What Paul is saying is that they will not burden you to such an extent that it will destroy you. If your burdens are destroying you and they're too heavy, remember what Jesus says, come to me, all you are are burdened, weighted down, 
Take my yoke upon you, for it is light. Jesus is the one who gives you rest. There's a burden that he gives you. There's a suffering that the church goes through together. But it's for the gospel. It's for sharing the faith. It's for reading the word. It's for deep-seated prayer for one another. All the resources of heaven will come flooding in, brothers and sisters, to lift you up. This is what Paul rejoices in. There is no other letter that, that, that I've, that in, in the Pauline epistles. When we go to heaven, we can ask Paul this, but when I read his epistles, he takes three chapters to tell how much he loves them. And his love is because the gospel has continued to bear fruit. Lastly, Paul's joy in knowing that, one, we as a church need to be the church, grow in our faith, look to the new self in heaven. Number two, to know that the burdens of faith are a good burden because the resources of heaven will be poured out for us when we, when we are focused upon the gospel. Paul knows that all of these things are only possible because what Christ has done and what Christ is doing. Look at yourselves. Look at the mirror. I saw this one, one little, little meme. Yes, I, I see memes every once in a while. And the meme was a, a contest for Christmas, the ugliest Christmas sweater. Right? And this one guy was wearing a regular sweater, but he had a mirror on his sweater. This is the ugliest Christmas sweater. And I thought it was fantastic. Because often, what do we see? We see hopelessness, many of you. But what if I were to tell you What if I were to tell you that when you look in the mirror, what you see is not yourself. What you see is Christ's love in you. What you see is an unbearable likeness of you being transformed day by day into Christ himself. What if I were to tell you, and I am telling you, that the Jesus who is beginning this work in you 
He will finish it. He will complete it. That there's no reason to give up any hope. But that you have every reason with whatever lot that God has given you to walk step by step, just step by step by faith and see the work of God in your life. I urge you, go back, read 1 Thessalonians 1 through 3. And instead of hearing that letter being written to to the Church of Thessalonians, read it in two ways. First, read it as a letter to our church. Because it is a letter to our church, not an individual. Read it as a letter to our church. And think about the people at CCPC. And number two, think about the letter to you and your role in this church, your role in this body. And be encouraged. The seed has not died here at CCPC. It has not. If COVID has taught me anything, the seed has not died. The seed has actually grown here. Rejoice and be glad. Rejoice and know that God is faithful to us. Let us pray. Lord, we confess that our knowledge and our emotions are not in sync in many times. We know what is true about the gospel but it unmoves our hearts. And that which moves our hearts, we know, are not part of the gospel. And Lord, we are at the worst for it. For we become miserable people. But Lord, like this word has taught us, when the gospel comes in its truth, in its fullness, when we hear that Jesus Christ is our only Lord and Savior, that the Spirit continues to work in us, when we hear, Lord, that heaven awaits us, Lord God, and a new heavens and a new earth will appear when you appear again, when we hear that we will be made new, and when we can look at one another, and instead of seeing faults, We see the vision that you have for each and every one of us of who we will be, unfettered by our old selves, unfettered by our sins, unfettered by our past. Well, we rejoice. We rejoice. So help us, Lord God. Dig the gospel deep down in our hearts. Help us, Lord God, that it will be so rooted in us that our emotions, 
our desires, our affections, would only ride on that wave and that wave alone. May our ups be because we see the gospel at work. May our downs be because we see that the fight is hard, that people have fallen. But may our faithfulness, our steadfastness, always be because of you and what you have accomplished in our lives and for your dear presence in us. So bless this church. May we love one another deeply, sacrificially, wisely, for the sake of your kingdom and indeed for the sake of our joy. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.